Hey everybody, this is Eric, and here's my real quick review of Justice League. So there are three big questions on everybody's minds. First, is it better than the previous two films, Man of Steel and Batman vs. Superman? Fortunately, yes. Yes, it is. Much, much better. Second, was the Wonder Woman movie a fluke, or does DC finally have its act together now? I'd say they're making serious progress in the right direction. Justice League was not as good a movie as Wonder Woman. However, I'd say it was probably more fun than Wonder Woman was, if only because we get to see the whole team together and interacting. Uh, Justice League is not perfect, but it is without question much better than the first two films. It shows that DC probably can sustain a cinematic universe and is justified in moving forward. They do not need to hit the reset button all over again, <laughs> finally. So, uh, so that's good news. And then third, how does it compare to the Marvel films? I know a lot of people would rather not compare it to the Marvel films, but the Marvel Cinematic Universe has kind of become the litmus test for such things. So let's look at the Justice League in that context real quick. A lot of people forget that not all of the Marvel films have been all that well-loved. People loved the first Iron Man and the first Avengers, the first Guardians of the Galaxy. Most people like Doctor Strange and Civil War. Uh, a lot of people were kind of split on Ant-Man, Age of Ultron, Winter Soldier, Iron Man 3, and the first Thor movie. And generally speaking, people don't like Iron Man 2. Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. Thor The Dark World. So for all the Marvel worship, remember they had some stinkers too. For me personally, I'd say the Justice League is probably better than most of the Marvel films. The characters stand out really well, at least as well as the Avengers themselves, in my opinion. And that was probably the biggest highlight of Justice League. So let's look at the pros and cons. We'll start with the characters. Ben Affleck remains the best Batman ever. There are talks that he might not continue, and that may be one of the most disappointing movie news items I've ever heard, ever. He has to be Batman. And fortunately, they make really good use of him in Justice League. Same goes for Wonder Woman. Gal Gadot continues to show she was the perfect choice for this role, and Justice League really puts Wonder Woman and Batman front and center for most of the film, which makes sense because they're trying to build the team. The other new characters are good, too. Um, Ezra Miller's Flash is wonderful. Jason Momoa does a good job with Aquaman. Uh, Ray Fisher does well as Cyborg, though I had some issues with the Cyborg character. Not Ray Fisher. I, I thought he was fine. Uh, just, I'll, I'll come back to the Cyborg stuff in a minute. Of the three new additions, I'd say probably the Flash was the most interesting, mainly because he had the most character development. Not only did he have some of the better comedic moments, he also had the most personal growth. Aquaman and Cyborg were okay, but they didn't have the same level of growth in the movie. Fortunately, I assume we'll see that in their standalone films, perhaps. The team building worked really well. I thought it worked better than it did in The Avengers. And the fact that these characters are more iconic than Marvel's helps out. And I know some people probably got angry at that statement, but let's face it, before the movies came out, the Hulk was the most well-known Avenger to the mainstream non-comic book moviegoer. And some of them had probably heard of Captain America or Thor, but everybody knows Batman. 
and Superman and Wonder Woman. And most people have heard of The Flash and heard of Aquaman. So seeing all of them come together has a slightly more epic feel from a character point of view and a team point of view than the Avengers had, at least in my opinion. The tone of the movie, uh, at least visually, was a bit darker, and that's fine. Uh, probably in part due to Zack Snyder's influence. But it didn't break anything. I, I thought it was okay. You can definitely see Zack Snyder in the film, but you can also see Joss Whedon. And while you could sit there and pick apart which scenes were done by which director, there was never really such a dichotomy between them that it became distracting. I thought that uh, Whedon and Snyder's content blended together really well. Now, as for the cons, I felt there were certain moments that didn't really stay true to the nature of the characters. Now, I'm, I'm far from being a canon purist. I've seen a gazillion different variations of Batman by now, and, and I'm fine with most of them. I don't care if they alter characters a little bit. That's fine. It, it doesn't bother me. But the opening scene with Wonder Woman, I'm not going to give any spoilers here. Uh, and it's the opening scene, and it's a throwaway action scene that, you know, it, it's a one and done. It doesn't affect the rest of the movie. Um, I, I just felt like there were some pretty basic plot holes there that that bothered me just little things that made me think why would she do that that makes no sense and at first i was worried that i'd be thinking that throughout the whole film uh, and there were a few moments here and there but other than that first opening wonder woman scene they weren't really that bad they they never distracted me that much uh but yeah there were little plot holes here and there there were moments in the action scenes where more astute viewers and, and uh, veteran comic book readers might be going, well, why didn't they just do that? But, you know, hey, that's part of the nature of comic book movies. There's always different ways of doing it. I, I don't think it's so bad that you'd really get wrapped up in it. But I guess it's worth mentioning because it does happen a few times. Now, I'm not a big Superman fan at all. I've just never really connected with the character. Um, I've always felt like he was overpowered to the point where he didn't really have any significant weakness, at least not as a character. And and then it just it makes characters like that less interesting to me. This is historically speaking. In this movie, I kind of felt the Superman worship was a little bit heavy handed as the movie went on, but it fit the story. And that's OK. The world in the movie they only ever knew of Superman. They didn't know of the rest of the heroes. And even the people who knew of Batman, he was more of an anti-hero. So it's not really the same thing. So I, I get the hero worship, but I felt like there were sometimes it, it just kind of, and when the heroes were lamenting Superman's death in the previous movie and everything, it just really felt like I, I just wanted to say to him, hey, you guys know that you're heroes too, right? And, and you're actually pretty darn good heroes. And, you know, you don't have to have him with you all the time. So uh, I don't know. It might not bother other people. Also, there's not really much in the way of plot here. It's pretty simple, basic stuff. You've got a big, powerful villain threatening the destruction of the entire world, and the heroes have to overcome their differences to work together and defeat the villain in a big battle scene. And I mean, that's the plot. And that's fine. The movie still works well, and it's still a lot of fun. But the plot is definitely not a highlight of the film. And finally, the only part of the film that really drove me nuts, 
This is the only thing that really irked me. That's Cyborg. It's not just that he was the least developed character, and it's not him as a character. I like the Cyborg character. It really, it's that his CG kind of sucked. Ray Fisher wore a motion capture suit, and he gave a perfectly fine performance. It's not his fault. But his face and head didn't always match up with his body. It was close, and a lot of people might not even notice it. But for me, it just, it really stood out. Uh, there were times where his face would be standing still, and his neck and shoulders and body would be moving back and forth. And that's fine. You know, people shift as they're standing and talking, but their whole body moves. Like, as they move, their head is not fixed in a single spot in space. It moves with the body. So, I don't know. I, they stitched the face together with the CG neck and shoulders pretty well, but they just didn't always flow together. Uh, a body just doesn't move like that. If the body is shifting, the head shifts. If the head shifts, then the neck and shoulders should shift with it. I just felt like someone in post-production kind of dropped the ball. And it bugged me in nearly every scene with him on a close-up with dialogue. It just, I don't know. That was probably the only flaw in the movie that I felt was distracting. So to wrap up, I'd say this movie is not for people who are looking for a plot-driven film. And it's not for people who hate darker, stylized visual tones in their superhero movies. But this movie is for people who like ensemble superhero films. The building of the team and its interactions was a lot of fun. It's also for people who wanted to like the previous two DC movies, but just couldn't do it. This is definitely much more successful than Man of Steel or Batman versus Superman. This is much better. Also. This movie's for people who like Batman, because it's, it's Batman. Uh, and don't forget to sit through the credits, by the way, all the way through to the end. There's a mid-credit scene and a post-credit scene. And the post-credit scene, especially if you're a DC fan at all, you're definitely going to want to sit through uh, after the credits. So that's my review of Justice League. Be sure to subscribe to the Real Quick Reviews feed to catch more reviews, and you can find this and other great podcasts over at randomchatter.com. Until next time, take care.